Hi again, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded episode 161 today. As we reach towards the end of April 2023, it's Adrian here and Renault's with me for this one. Hi, Renault. Yeah, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. So we have an interesting topic, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, a bunch of topics. Sort of, yeah. The, on this particular episode, what we're going to do, we're going to go through a number of questions that people who are developing new products often ask. So we're going to go through about half of them in this episode. And then in the next episode, we'll cover the rest. I guess there's going to be little offshoots and little extra points and things like that, that we will be throwing in as you go through the questions and, and answer them. But I suppose no matter if you're a, you know, an entrepreneur or a, you know, a medium sized business or whoever, if you're developing new products and aiming to get them manufactured abroad, these sorts of questions, the, the answers that you're going to give are going to be really helpful. So starting off with the first one is what is the target market for the product that you're developing? Hmm. That's actually, yeah, that's question number one. It, it makes sense that they would come come up so high on the list. Mm. And that's really for, for companies that want to develop a new product, right? And we're thinking, you know, not just a uh, like another kind of T-shirt, or, you know, with just a different design, right? But like a new kind of, you know, electronic product or a new kind yeah. of, of whatever. Uh, okay. So some kind of widget that would do something in a different way from, from, from the current ones. So what's the target market? A lot of people say, oh, I have this great idea. Like, I'd love to have this. Okay. So you're doing it for yourself, <laughs> right? So mm. first thing is really, what's the target market? Who's going to to want that and want to pay for it, right? So you 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 want to see there's two levels always. There's problem solution fit. So who has a certain kind of problem or a certain kind of desire, and then what is the right solution that will be a good fit for that for that problem, right? And that's not sufficient. There's a lot of very nice products that would be great for me but maybe i don't have the willingness to spend on them right maybe it's too expensive maybe i have some other priorities in my life whatever right so if you develop something for me but it's it's i like it it solves some of my problems but i have some other problems that i want to fix first and it's just not worth putting money in then you don't have product market fit you don't have a market okay a market is a number of companies or people right that hopefully you can identify and and reach out to and Mm. that have the budget for your product if they don't if there's no money there's no market okay if there's a bunch of people but they have no money for your product it's not a market so you really need to to, to think of all of that at the same time. And it's very important to talk to people, not just think, oh, well, you know, my uncle is like this and like, yeah, it seems like it's really a pattern and I can extrapolate that. And there's, there's millions of people with that same problem, right? Or yeah, my, 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 my friend has that company and they're looking for that product. And, um, you know, he's whatever, he's a plumber and there's hundreds of thousands of them out there. 
and all of them need it. But maybe mm. not. Maybe not. Maybe you need to go out and talk to some other plumbers and uh, and see, okay, so what you have sort of an hypothesis, right? And you, you want to talk to them to see if really um, they would be interested in and in, in willing to pay for the product. And there's, there's mm. an art to that, right? There's a book called The Mom's Test, like asking your mom. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of things about, about that, about how to interview customers and so on. But really, what's the target market is super important because also you need to uh, narrow it down. A big mm. mistake that people make is that they say, oh, yeah, the market, you know, like if I make a better toothbrush and I, I set it on the Chinese market and like if I only get 1% of the market is huge. It's already a big business, right? Uh, no, no, no. This is really the wrong way to look at it. Uh, in, in most cases, you're much better off picking a, a segment of the market and maybe a sub-segment and say, okay, this is really the folks that we we want to target. We want to um, do everything with them in mind, right? Uh, the, all the communication, all the product design, all the... Uh, everything, the user manual, the, everything will be written with these kinds of people in mind, okay? Mm. And the last point on this topic about the target market is some companies, you know, develop a new product and they have a lot of ideas and then they say, well, we'll have like a B2B channel and a B2C channel. And um, like the B2B is going to be these companies and they will distribute it to their own customers and they will do this, they will do that. And this is the kind of value that we'll get out of it. And then it will also sell directly to consumers. And then it will work like this, like this, like that. That's really difficult. Okay. Uh, you get to pick one and just become really good at that. Now, your version one, 1.1, 1 1.2, version two are doing good with that primary target. And you see that another kind of very different kind, maybe maybe you, you really target B2B, but you see some B2C are interested to sell it okay then you can start to see well how can we do and maybe maybe they would need actually different products or 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 really you know it will take more resources so be very careful at the beginning don't pick two different targets you're just going to spread your um your ammunition <laughs> mm -hmm. right you need to pick one segment go after it with 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 all the powder you have and mm -hmm. um just attack that that one target market that just that segment of the market and um and, you know it's it's you, you gotta put everything on it right it's mm. uh geoffrey moore in uh, his classic book crossing the chasm he says hey it's like the invasion of normandy right uh june 1944 you put everything you have on one little piece of um, normandy okay well you have too much. It can be just one beach, but it's going to be a bunch of beaches not too far away from each other, and boom, everything at the same time, same day. You know, that's that's the analogy. Okay, you you don't try to to um, to attack different markets at the same time. You attack one market. So that's uh, yeah. I, I, I hope I <laughs> provided a bit of uh, of a response here on, on this question. Yeah, that's good. Oh, if you. Let's say you're an entrepreneur and you've got an idea and it's really it's a really positive product idea. 
and you want to go out and you start want to start doing this sort of market research i mean you've got your information you've got your briefcase you get in your car let's say what would what would you do what would you personally do how would you get started with that there's certain things you should do probably even before you start to ask questions to people so first if you can actually go with your car like physically get go to some people that that's you know based on the assumption that yeah for example it's a problem for plumbers and you want to see them in the field and ask them some questions and so on. Okay, maybe you even go to a uh, one of these stores with specialized hardware stuff that plumbers go yeah. buy and, and so on, right? And you, mm. you, you're there and you ask some questions when you see a, a guy with that kind of van coming out and, and buying that kind of stuff. Okay, you just go and ask him some questions, okay? Mm. Uh, in some other cases, you do surveys, you do you do interviews uh, and so on and so forth. But you, yeah. you start... You start by asking, um, like, we should pick an example here. You think that these, maybe the, the, the copy machines, commercial copy machines are no good. I'm saying that because I see one just outside, just, just right here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the copy machines, they have this and this problem, and it's way too big, way too bulky, way too expensive. And uh, Okay. Hmm. And you have an idea that, you know, smart offices, they want a more compact copy machine, and then you, you have an idea for that machine that would do this and this and that's it but it would also do this new thing that no current copy machine does okay mm. so what you want to do is actually observe okay you have this theory that's relatively small businesses that say zero to ten people they use it that way and that way and they don't use the other features but the, the first thing you want to do is go and actually observe if they use these other features and ask them questions uh, about you know what they do most often and uh, you know, of course, any any issues they have with the current copy machines, anything that they wish that it had, and so on. Uh, way before you actually say, hey, but, you know, I have this idea, you know, we could also do this and do that. Because then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Like, zero mm-hmm. commitment just to say, like, leave me alone. I'll give you a positive answer. You know, this is more like, <laughs> let, let me go. I've already spent five minutes, you know, I don't want to talk to you about that. I have some other things to do. Oh, this is a great idea. Great. Yeah. Let me know when it's, you know, when it's ready, but zero commitment for nothing. So it's much safer to, to get to the right conclusion and, 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 uh, you know, avoid making mistakes is much better to just say, okay, what, what do you use? What do you like about it? Why don't you like about it? How often do you use that? Uh, how many people in the office use it? Da, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And then if you say, I don't know, the copy machine should also, uh, like, if I click on that button, it would automatically, I don't know, staple uh, the bunch of paper together like that, in that way, which is really cool. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But then you ask, instead of saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if the copy machine did that? Of course, they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, it would be cool. Uh, but again, no commitment, nothing. So it, it's it's really a waste of time to to ask these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But you say, okay, so how do you do you? Okay, first, do you sometimes have a need to to bundle the paper together? Uh, you know, maybe you don't even say staple because maybe they have other ways. You know, there's like clips and things like that. And and how do you do? And um, you know, is it easy? Any problem with that? Or you know, is it even a problem? If it's not a problem at all. People have solved it in a very easy way and they're totally like, they don't care about it. It's totally a problem solved. Or if they never do it, well, you get the information you want it. Okay, that can, okay, this business here doesn't need it. And if you go and observe that, you know, you, you get the information from 20 different businesses and all of them 
all 15 of them, it's pretty clear that they don't have the problem and the other five, it's they, ha they have an easy solution and they really would not change the copy machine for that. Mm. Or, or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's really not a problem for them. Mm. Well, you, you get to your conclusion and you save, you saved yourself a lot of grief, a lot, a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of investment for nothing, a lot mm -hmm. of time wasted, right? Uh, it's, it's great to know about that. But and you say, oh yeah. When when you say, well, so what kind of problems do you have, and and so on, and you say, well, this stuff sometimes is like I'd like to just load the paper once, and you know, with many more, and just forget about it. And oh, it could be whatever, right? Or the way to change the the ink stuff, it's messy, and like my my it is dark. I mean, it makes my 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 hands dirty, and so okay, well. If this comes up very often, you might want to try to redesign it in a, in a better way mm -hmm. if you see that that's really a pain point, if you see it's really a pain point. Well, so, that, that kind of brings us on to point number, well, question number two, right? Because, yes. and I, I understand where you're going with number one. So number one, I mean, it's you've got to really understand your market that you want to go into before you even really start going into your product and the solutions. But yes. question two is, what problem does the product solve for the customer? So you've already kind of touched on that, but let's let's go mm. into that a little bit more. Right. And here you have sort of two big options, right? Is it a type of product and a type of target market where the aesthetics of the product is going to is going to play a, a, an enormous role, or is it a market where the product's got to do its job? You know, fulfill its function, and that, and 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 that's it, and and that's the most important by far. Okay, you have these kind of two mm. opposites. Uh, so I don't want to give a very general uh, answer here, but in a way, it's the same thing. It's so solving a problem, whether it's doing something or looking good or what, right? I mean, the people who who bought the um, the Tesla Model S. You know, it's a very sexy car, you know, and uh, maybe they were just bored and they wanted something new and kind of unique and show that they are an early innovator. That's the problem they want to fix, right? That's that's the value they get out of the car. And then they can also rationalize mm. it and say, oh, yeah, my car has zero emission, you know, zero direct emission, of course. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm helping this, this cool company, you know, they're going to save the planet. And the founder wants to go to Mars to to save humanity, and that you know even gives them, it makes them feel good um, because they're a bit bored and they want to 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 have a cool car uh, to be ahead of the pack, and it also gives them a story to make them feel good. So you know, very well done, I would say, from a marketing point of view. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to take another example. Mm, uh, maybe when um, Excel, you know, the spreadsheet software and, mm -hmm. and Lotus 1, 2, 3, before that, when they became sort of killer apps in the 80s, well, what problem does it solve for the customer? You know, they they can just drop the, the calculator and drop the, um, the, the earlier spreadsheet uh, software. They're pretty, um, pretty limited and, and do much more right but at the same time it's also like hey you can do the cool stuff you know maybe in your office you're the only one who knows how to do that 
And if you can, if you, you can do something quickly in two or three minutes, mm. uh, the other ones were like, wow, how did you do that? Like, it would take me, uh, you know, a lot of manual work. All of that was like extended automatically and blah, blah, blah. This is amazing, right? So very often you have both. You have the utility side and you have sort of the, the bragging rights or the, um, the more emotional kind of utility, mm. right? You, you, functional versus, versus emotional, right? If, if, if you can have both mm. that resonate with your target market, wow, that's great. Okay. Uh, so yeah, not every product is, you know, a copy machine. Yeah, a copy machine just has to do the job. Right? And not not break down, and the repair guy needs to be available very fast when it breaks down, and 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 so on. You need to to be able to lease them rather than buy them, and so on and so forth. This is very very functional. Nobody really feels good like emotionally, you know, when looking at a copy machine or interacting with a copy machine. <laughs> I suppose not. Right. Or I guess they would not be in these colors uh, or in these shapes uh, in that case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but but computers were like that in 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 the nineties until the iMac, right? When Jobs mm-hmm. came back and with iF, they um, they they say, oh, let's do something really colorful. It really worked pretty pretty well around when was that ninety eight, ninety nine, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and now it's it's back to everything gray and black anyway. Uh, but um, yeah, it, it's when you're in an industry where everything is very, very functional, maybe you inject a little bit of emotional uh, or a lot of emotional and it might might be a hit with some kinds of customers. And when everything is very emotional and maybe you inject a bit of extra functional and again, you might get a, a hit with some some customers. Yeah. So what, what, what problem does the product solve for the customer? Okay, first, who is the customer, right? decision maker the the user the the economic buyer you know in companies uh, mm. there's different people who are the customer right and you need to be able to um, to to be approved maybe by all of them like the influencer and whatever the, the purchasing folks we would will try to uh, to negotiate something get their pound of flesh <laughs> mm. um and 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 so on so, so the first thing is yeah who who is the customer uh, or oh, in medical devices, you know, you have the, the the patient and you have the user and, you know, so who's really the customer here, right? Mm-hmm. Very often it's the person, like the nurse, more than, you know, if it's in a hospital setting, more than the patient. But the patient should not be too, like, you know, scared about vibrations or noise or, or the appearance of a big machine, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, we look at the functional MRI uh, scanners uh, for 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 kids now, some hospitals sort of uh, decorate them with a bunch of stuff. It's like you know you're a pirate and you're you're a spy. You're going into this to to listen mm. to stuff and that, and then they're like, oh, can I go back into it, right? Mm. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, they they like, oh, I don't want to go into this big thing and like well, you know <laughs> I'm claustrophobic or whatever. It's horrible. Mm. Right? They, they mm. refuse. So. You need to, to think of um, of all these these uh, components of the customer, okay? Um, mm. And and yeah, what problem does it solve? Also, a big thing to keep in mind is is your product going to be vitamin versus aspirin, right? If it's just vitamins, well, you know, makes it you know it's sort of a desire. Hey, it's cool to have these kind of things. 
um, and for example, you see these backpacks who come out and like they had, <clears throat> you know, the, the company has um, uh, has a sales page of, of 3000 words and a bunch of photos and a lot of things. And like, it's, it's waterproof and it's, it's got some special air sort of cushions to, so you can drop it and nothing will be broken. And it's got this against theft and it's got this and it's got this and it's got that and it's got that, and, you know, and yeah, it's, you know, it's a 400 bucks backpack. Yeah. Okay. All of that is cool, but you know, it's, it's vitamins. It's, it's nice, but I'm not actively looking for a better backpack. You know, when my backpack gets a bit old, maybe I like the way it worked. I'm just going to look for the same kind of backpack from the same brand or something. Right. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are like that. So that's an example. An aspirin, it means you have a headache. Okay. And you are looking for that thing. Right. So for example, a lot of people are moving around with their laptop during the day. Uh, they go somewhere. And then the, after, you know, after six months, they've done a number of cycles, charge, discharge, and the battery is at maybe 50% already of its original capacity. Mm. Um, and, um, and they like to have a bunch of applications running at the same time and so on. And to them, it is a problem that they, um, you know, they only have maybe three hours of, of useful lifetime of, of the computer. Well, mm. all right. So some people are actively looking for, even if it's a big bulky, you know, big power banks that can send 75 watt into their MacBook Pro, right? And and these people are ready to spend the money for it. They're, they're not trying to be cheap. Uh, mm. So, so you know, if they're really looking for it, and 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 they would say, oh, whatever, okay, five hundred bucks, yeah, I'll buy it right now. You know, that that is a an, an aspirin, okay, because they have a mm. headache. So, yeah. pretty important to to think of all that. A lot of companies don't think too much about it, and they, as a result, they go way too way too early into designing and prototyping and so on. But a lot of the market research and a lot of the planning and the thinking, you know, and to reduce the risk uh, can be done early on. And it, it, not only does it reduce the risk, but it really, yeah, it, how to say, it reduces the chance, the, the, the risk of failure. But the other way of looking at it is it increases the odds of, of success and, and of higher sales and better profitability and so on. Right? It, it's mm. really um, something that people skip. Um, and, yeah. and that's a big mistake often. Good. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good warning there. And let's continue on to question three then at this point. And still talk about the product, of course. What is the unique selling proposition, USP, of the product? Yeah. <laughs> Another important so, one. Yeah, that's an important one. But if you if you have a good idea about your target markets, mm. And you validated that um, they are looking for a solution to a certain problem, okay, that the, the product would solve, and that they're willing to pay some money for it. This is, let's say, uh, this question often will have been answered in an obvious manner, yeah. right? So if you go to the trade show these, these days in, in Hong Kong or in Guangzhou, right, we're recording on April 20. And it's it's the middle of the trade show season here. Mm -hmm. 
And you go there and you have some product categories where, and we discussed that a couple of episodes ago, you, 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 you can find 40, 50 different companies that have a booth with the same kind of pro- product, very, very similar, mm. right? But these guys are not asking themselves this question. <laughs> They're no. just saying, oh, okay, there's a mass market. Let's try to, um, let's try to, to get some nice prototypes. We'll put them on the, on the website and let's see. And then uh, if some people think it's, it's nice, it's cool. And, you know, we'll just try to make it maybe a nicer color or slightly mm. different shape. And, um, uh, and let's see, right. It's kind of the, um, <laughs> this approach throw mm-hmm. stuff on the wall and see what sticks really that that that's what they are they're trying to do well <laughs> i'm not going to surprise anybody right uh chinese suppliers just suck at marketing this is not what you should do okay if you are in australia usa canada europe these kinds of places and you want to sell on your market you have an enormous advantage you can actually uh, talk to your target market. You can you can observe what they're doing, what their problems are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right. So you mm-hmm. can think of a product, maybe tweak an existing product, maybe make an entirely new product that will respond to to um, to that problem in a better way, in a different way, in a cheaper way, whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. don't do the the you know don't don't fall for the the Canton Fair syndrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you, you probably don't have the benefit of having your own sort of OEM or ODM factory that can just pump out something that's, you know, in a hot Wonderful. category mm-hmm. very, very quickly to just test it. Right, right. But also, yeah, it's just dumb. But anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is that you you know your market and you should be able to think of uh, of, of something that can respond to the needs of the, the, the target market, et cetera, et cetera, and doesn't exist, uh, or that does it in a different way, right? Again, that's different, could be better, could be cheaper, could be faster, could be whatever, simpler. Maybe, um, oh, this one is for old people because there's nothing that really uh, meets their needs with a very clean interface, big icons, big buttons, very clear, you know, yep. and we add something to detect if they fall or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, if you if you identify target market and problem to solve, usually the unique unique um, selling proposition will be sort of you know more or less obvious. But spend yeah. a lot of time on the first two questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, again related uh, question four: What features and functionality should the product have? I mean, you've you've kind of covered this already in some ways. Right. So. But this is an important one because, mm. uh, so again, if, if it's clear what the target market is, if it's clear what the, the problem to solve is, this will sort of come naturally. However, there's, there's some pitfalls here. There's really some pit, pitfalls. So people tend to think, okay, I want it to be to, to do this and to do this. And then they keep thinking about it, you know, the back of their mind and like, oh, it would be nice if it did that also. And if it's, and, and, and this and this and this, right. And then they come up with a, um, a product description that's really complicated. Okay. And it's version one of the product. Well, that is, that just doesn't make much sense. So I usually remind people, you know, hey, 
who's the best marketer of hardware products? You know, look at Steve Jobs. Well, for the iPhone, or if iPhone one, he just decided on a date and he said, we're going to ship on that date, whatever, you know, we're going to ship on that date. And then there's certain things that didn't make the cut. You know, they didn't have time to do it. Like for example, you could not even do copy and paste. Version one of the iPhone one could not even do copy and paste among many, many other limitations. Who cared? Mm. It was a breakaway success, right? Because they focused on, you know, an all glass display, uh, no keyboard and so on and so forth. A few things like that, a very simple clean interface, that a grandmother can 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 understand, you know, totally different from the, what was it, the Symbian? And I mean, this, there were some operating systems for phones that were just horrible, mm. uh, right? And um, they, they focused on the few key differentiators. They implemented it nicely and that was sufficient. And then, you know, version two, version three, version four, blah, 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 the Pro and the XR and the whatnot. Mm. And, it, you know, they, they keep pushing the envelope over time and they make the, the, the product, you know, better and better uh, in, in a way. Well, more and more expensive also, but, you know, bigger <laughs> That's and, true. And, and so on, right? But better and better for their business, right? They, they're really at the mm. point where... It, they need to keep their users happy, but hey, they got to get some cash, right? So they got to keep the investors happy and, and all that stuff. So they, you can really feel it, right? So, okay. But when you launch your your your, your company, your, your product, that's sort of what you have in mind also anyway. So that it's not a bad example. The iPhone is not a bad example. Mm-hmm. So that's really the number one uh, mistake when thinking of what features, what what functions, what you know, keep it as simple as possible for the target market to confirm that it solves a problem and they're willing to pay the price. Mm. Because you add that other function and other function, and then like you know, the time to develop is already double, and the cost. Mm all the engineering design and you know buying the components here and there, put prototypes, test the prototype, other stuff, is multiplied by two, by three, and so on and so forth. And then it goes into uh, into tooling. It, uh, it's more complicated. Uh, okay. And then it goes into pre-production runs and everything is more complicated. So there's, there's all kinds of little issues. Instead of having uh, 20 components, it's got 50 components, including 10 custom design components. Ouch, ouch. Well, right now, with that kind of heavy customization of of a lot of things in your product, there's all all kinds of little things that come nabbing at you and wasting your time, wasting your resources. Everything is slower, right? And there's Mm. there's no way to avoid it. Uh, the more mm. more complex a more complex product is less reliable um, because there's just more components and you know one of the components fails the 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 whole thing doesn't work as well or stops working uh, the the whole product is more likely to have quality issues mm. just because you know instead of having maybe just the the enclosure to be custom designed you also have this 
these three other parts inside that are custom designed. You know? So anything custom designed yeah. is more likely to, to to come with quality issues. And um, and and then the assembly, instead of being a relatively simple assembly, pop 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 pop, thirty seconds done is now two minutes, uh, including these three processes that are a bit, you know, uh, not not that easy, not that easy where people are fumbling a bit and mm. and, and 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 so on and. It, maybe it doesn't click nicely people are not never really sure if, if it worked if if it got in place properly and so on i mean do you want that right uh for your version one that what what we always tell um clients is think of the roadmap it's good to have a long roadmap but don't try to um to to make it come true right away in your version one mm. nobody does that it's just mm. insane it's just insane right and also another aspect to this the other side of this is do you need your version one to be a fully custom designed product right what i what i tell people often is you're just launching your business so you're going to at the same time mm. learn how to do distribution, how, you know, what kind of customers uh, you're going to work with, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, you're going to, you're going to have to, to, um, to do all of that engineering design work and you're going to have to, <laughs> to, um, uh, to, to finance it and so on and so forth. So you're piling up, you know, the cost, the risk, the uncertainty. Wow. Maybe, maybe you pick an existing product, work with an ODM manufacturer to tweak it a bit, but keep it relatively simple. It's got to be at least 80% the same product as original. Okay. Otherwise you build too much, you know, you, 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 you're starting to build a big castle on, um, on, 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 on a beach, you know, a sand beach. Mm. That That's no good uh, because you work with an ODM, right? An ODM, they have their own <laughs> original design manufacturer. They, they say that the product is your is theirs, okay? It's never going to be your product and you will always be more or less a distributor, okay? So mm-hmm. you can't do too much. You can't invest too much there uh, for your own sake. But the the good thing is you, you if you see a product that's already mostly there, but you tell them, okay, we need to, to open the mold for the enclosure so it looks like my product. It's going to be the only one that looks like this. And then... I don't need that feature, but I need you to add this little feature here. Boom, that's mm. it. Well, maybe um, in three months, they're ready to go into production, right? Whereas if you were to develop this from scratch, it would take you nine, nine months maybe and a lot more money, a lot more money, right? So what what is better? Always keep in mind the risk for your business. and one of the biggest risks is just to be unable to bring your product idea to the market to find customers that you can reach. (laughs) Not that simple. How to reach them economically and so on and so forth. And that these customers recognize the value and are willing to give you the price that gives you enough margin to make the whole thing sustainable. Okay, and mm. a lot of companies get that wrong because at the at the beginning you're not setting, you're just projecting. You're gonna have the numbers more or less, um, you know, 
uh, wrong, like more or less wrong. So some people get really, really wrong, and they they, they sell at a loss, and, and they have all kinds of issues. But now, think about this: you go into production, you start to sell the product, you start to learn about all that. Um, now, and you're already making hopefully a little bit of extra margin that will help you uh, finance the second, you know, the development of the second version. What's not to like about that? Now, if your yeah. assumption was wrong and you cannot reach a market of customers that are ready to buy, willing and ready to buy at the price that you, you have in mind in an economical way. Okay, if that assumption is wrong, well, what did you spend? Yeah, you, you spent a few months, you spent some money, but it's nowhere near... Uh, what you would have spent by developing your 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 new product from scratch okay so mm -hmm. um it, it's some people call it a, a staircase approach um uh, not sure where i i heard that maybe rob walling uh anyway the idea is you 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 go one step at a time and you don't try to jump directly thinking oh you know an apple or hp would do that or whatever big brand in your in your industry they would do that mm. just, okay so it's that's the way to go well maybe not maybe not right so risk uh, cut, cutting the risk as much as you can learning fast and iterating yeah that's really important most companies get that wrong Mm. I mean, you're testing the market, even if you've launched a product onto the market that's not as a, as unique as your dream product is, you know, your ultimate goal, you're able to learn from that. And then maybe you'll end up making some tweaks to, uh, you know, your, your, uh, the, the product that you ultimately want to make to respond to the market conditions that you found uh, without going bust, which I think is the key point. Oh, absolutely. You're if you go with version two, which is your own product entirely, you own all the intellectual property rights, you finance development, etc. you work with a good contract manufacturer, that product is going to be better because you will already have a lot of feedback from the market, which you don't have at, at the time of designing version one. So version one the purpose of version one, and that was in a book by uh, Tony Fadel, who worked at Apple for many years and launched Nest and sold it to Google and so on. Okay, hmm. so Tony Fadel, what 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 he um, what he says is that version one of the product has a purpose. It is to get feedback from the market that there number one there is a market that you can reach and you can, you know. Then you learn how much it costs to reach them, et cetera. And you, you, you see, you know, what market is willing to pay for your product. And also the feedback about what they like, what they don't like. Um, who is the kind of people or companies that like it? Is it more like early innovators, you know, and so on? But then there's not that many. It's not, you know, it's maybe 3% of the markets like that, but not 50%. I mean, you get to evolve ab above that. Or is it much more... Um, you know, more conservative, more middle of the of the road kind of customers. You know, what are they telling you? What do they want, right? And then you you learn all that, 
there's going to be one or two big shortcomings in your version one that you maybe you're ashamed of. Fine, you're going to fix it in version two. All right. Mm. But if there's a, a feature that you put in version one and you thought it was super important and actually you see that very few customers actually use it, well, guess what? Just going to ax it. You're going to you're going to remove it in version two, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's a very important point that you made. Totally agree. Mm, thanks. So, yeah, I, I suppose the only way that it's more feasible is is if you've got incredibly deep pockets. And I mean, who's got that money to burn these days? <laughs> I guess that's the uh, that's the point here. Well, you know, going go, going for fully customized products immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, and and again. Going for a fully customized product right away with a long list of features so that you don't feel ashamed of it. Mm. Even Apple doesn't do that. No. Uh, they try to. Now, Apple walks a fine line. When they re- released, what, what was it? Apple Maps it was a little bit after uh, Steve Jobs' death. It was the first major release they, they made. And they actually apologized. <laughs> publicly say, well, sorry, uh, we kind of messed up here. Uh, this product is not ready. It's still a beta mm. product. So they, they tried to walk the fine line between releasing a beta product that's not ready versus something more. But because it's a huge mm. company and they don't want to release something beta, right? Like, why didn't Google release something like ChatGPT, even though they had all the all, all the all the technology, all the advances, the, all the research, you know, and they had something relatively close. You know, uh, they could have come out with it, but it's a big company. Mm. They don't want to release something that's not fully baked. So it's that, you know, a billion dollars funded startup, you know, but still a startup, <laughs> OpenAI mm. that came mm. out with it because they have no shame, <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, they had they're not afraid, and that's the strength of a, a new company. Big companies don't dare try certain things and uh you know with but 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 guess what some customers will be happy with a a product that's not a full product again early innovators uh, are, are it depends how you describe sure. them but they are between let's say two percent and eight ten percent of the market well if you can target them as much as you can and uh and and reach them economically that's enough for your version one. That's that's totally enough, right? Uh, mm. Except if it's a tiny market, of course, in numbers. Mm. That 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 that's what your version one usually should be should be aimed at. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, that's a, that's really interesting. Sort of um, dive into sort of the theory of what you should be thinking about, what you could be thinking about when you're developing the new product, and looking at you know some of your advice and how some of the big boys do it. That was part number one. So we mentioned there's nine questions that we've got up to question five. Okay, so in next week's uh, podcast, we'll cover the rest of them, Renault, right? That sounds good. Yeah. Great. Great. Excellent. Thanks for listening, everybody. And stay tuned for questions five to nine of the must ask questions that anybody who's developing new products often have. Sounds great. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, 
contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com. That's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.